Dr. Pete Economo, the East Coast Psychologist. And I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin, the West Coast Psychologist. And this is When East Meets West. So, you know, thankfully over the past, I don't know, I guess it's maybe it's been 20 years since Brooke Shields wrote, wrote her book about postpartum depression. There's been a lot more awareness uh, about uh, struggles uh, new mothers may face, um, particularly with regards to depressive symptoms. And today, Pete and I really want to talk about just sort of more broadly some of the other things that can show up for new moms. So it's not just postpartum depression. There's also postpartum anxiety disorders are, are fairly common, but also just sort of the struggles um, that uh, new moms can face with regards to uh, mental well-being and mental health because and this is something, you know, unfortunately extends uh, uh, beyond parenthood, but there's a lot of, uh, as I like to call them, like fantasy narratives out there about what having a new baby is supposed to be like. And I think it, you know, I think, I know it, it really messes with people's heads. Right? Well, and I think uh, for me as a man, I can never have a baby. Mm-hmm. I can't carry a baby. Can't. Yes. I can't. Mm-hmm. I can't yeah, yes. You can, yes. Uh, and I have such strong empathy for women yes. that have a new baby because I can't imagine what that's like in terms of like, if you can't sleep, I mean, really your life is no longer yours. And everyone you talk to will be like, oh, but that was the greatest thing that has ever happened to me. And it also is one of the worst things. <laughs> I mean, I don't really mean that, <laughs> but I mean, it, well, what, what, if, what if the hardest things, right? There are a lot, the, yes, a lot of struggles. Yes, there's a lot of struggles. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and Brooke Shields book was in 2006. And, and so you're right. It's almost 15 okay, years so, ago. Yeah, yeah, so 15 yeah. years ago. And so it, it, that was like a big deal. And yet yes. postpartum depression is like super, super common. It's more than half of women will experience some symptoms of postpartum depression. But I'm, I'm glad that you said that because we're going to talk more about anxiety because it's something that really doesn't get nearly enough attention, but that's also just as common. Yeah. And I think that's something that maybe gets missed quite a bit because, you know, I think, you know, new parents can often, you know, I would say accurately assume like they're going to be anxious, right? Especially if it's a first kid, right? They don't know what they're doing, right? So yeah, they're, it, it's you normative no to feel like- look on how to be a parent? There, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, and interestingly enough, uh, a lot of people think that there are, right? There's tons yeah. of books that you can read. Well, we can get it. books and people yes, have all we, this shit. And I'm like, we can, no. we can, yeah, we can get into that in a minute. I would say like, this I'm is sorry. the, you know, the, the well, <laughs> no need to be sorry. Just another I example jumped. of where uh, the uh, information overload of the current era, uh, yeah. you know, tips into like too much information is actually not helpful. That's right. Um, right. But well, it's another I, part about it. Like when they're pregnant, they go for all these tests. I remember my sister-in-law was going for these tests about whether or not your child has Down syndrome. You know, it's like they do that. It's like one of the first tests and, and she was so anxious. And of course she was anxious because they're so worried about what the outcome or what they may or may not find. Ab- absolutely. And so, you know, it's this, uh, you know, there's a, we're talking about, Pete and I are talking about here, like the disadvantage of knowing so much, mm-hmm. right? Or having the opportunity to potentially know, yeah. um, you know, that most of us operate from the assumption that the more information we have, the better. And unfortunately, that's not the case. This, again, this extends beyond uh, issues related to pregnancy and postpartum because we can't know everything. Right. No. And that's like one of the biggest things that, you know, we talk about on this podcast is like tolerating uncertainty, letting go of control. But kind of, you know, moving us back to talk uh, here about postpartum anxiety specifically, I would say because there's this awareness that, yeah, if like you're a new parent, like there's going to be some level of, level of anxiety. I think a lot of times um, 
women that are actually struggling with with postpartum anxiety, which is really like clinically significant anxiety. So this could yeah. be actually postpartum OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder, postpartum uh, generalized anxiety disorder, GAD, postpartum panic disorder, right? So these are things that can happen outside of pregnancy, but basically maybe somebody's never even had um, a presentation like this prior right. to uh, having a kid. So, not all the time. So sometimes they have, and it worsens after, but, um, yeah. but it shows up and they, and they think it's, it's, it's to be expected. And so and Nikki, this was reported. a big piece of your practice. I don't know if it, is it still, I know it was in New York. It was a big piece of your practice. It was, it was, I don't, uh, treat it as much here in LA. Um, only because, uh, my, well, we'll have her on the podcast at some point in the future, but, uh, my, uh, dear colleague and amazing reproductive, reproductive psychiatrist, uh, Dr. Jennifer Rhodes. Oh, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, she's, uh, amazing, amazing, uh, physician. Um, she was in New York and actually has since moved to, to Colorado. So, uh, we, we shared a lot of cases and I've learned just an immense amount from her, um, as yeah. well. Um, but yeah, I, I worked a lot with postpartum you did, I remember that, yeah. perinatal as well. So perinatal meaning like during pregnancy. Right, right. Um, by the so, way, I, like yeah, a woman on the subway when their belly is that oh, big, I'm always so anxious for them. I know. I <laughs> I'm know. like, of course I'm going to give you my seat. And I can't believe that you're like so calmly just chilling on the subway. I know. I know. I know. I I mean, well, that's, you know, being from LA again, just when I would see anybody with, with children yeah. or someone pregnant going into the subway, someone, you know, carrying the stroller oh, down I I was like, here, I was like, you just get in the car. I was like, that's hard enough getting that's, them all in the car. Oh, you know? when I have to take my nieces somewhere or like the other day I was leaving going, where the heck was I going? But it was, it's such a, it's such a thing when you have all these people. And so I think for, for moms, Especially if, so if you have an underlying perfectionism, which a lot of us do, you know, mm-hmm. like this type A personality, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden now your life is literally turned upside down, mm-hmm. how do you not develop anxiety? And so, you know, we know from the research that about 6 to 27% of women within six months of birth will develop postpartum anxiety, you know, some which aspect is, of which it. Which is high. I mean, That's up to really 20, high. I mean, 27%. It's like, we're talking about a little bit more than a quarter of women. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I, but that's what I'm saying. I don't think... I don't think that that part is talked about enough, right? Yeah. So again, I'm really, I'm really glad. I mean, I'm really grateful to Brooke Shields for having brought that into, That's you know, right. the cultural awareness in, in the United States. And I want people to be aware that postpartum anxiety can happen too. That you know, if you are, you know, just feeling um, like you know, you are just not hanging on, right? right. Like you Ooh, are on, that, or you on know, by a thread. Yeah. Yes, hang on by a thread, like like that, like you deserve support, like you deserve help. Right. Yes. Um, but I think it's important to, cause you know, obviously on this podcast, um, I don't want to spend too much. I'm not going to kind of go through all the diagnostic criteria. There's, yeah. um, there are a lot of, um, wonderful resources out there like, um, ADAA.org, for example, if women want to learn more about um, postpartum disorders, right? Yeah. Um, and kind of going through the criteria. Um, so if any, not just women, you know, if there are other, um, you know, other partners, partners out there. Supporting people through it. Yes, sure. yes, Yeah, because yes. I think that's a good point too. I'm glad you brought that up because yes. I think- you know, well, we people like if they if we have you know um, any transgender men or non-binary uh, listeners, right? That might be right. going through pregnancy as well. That's also important to acknowledge, right? Absolutely, or just and partners in general. And partners like, in general, yes. You know that if your uh, your partner is struggling in some way, yeah, yeah, it's hard to just watch that. Yes, you know, and so resources there. That's a good one. So you know, I think what I want to maybe talk a little bit more about uh, here, Pete, is that just 
in addition to somebody being aware of like, am I like, you know, am I struggling too much? Am I too anxious? I think we want to kind of come back to this idea of sometimes I think people don't want to acknowledge it because there's this story that exists in our culture. Yeah. I love that. The fantasy that being a new parent, and I've heard this word frequently, and I have such a reaction to it actually, is that you're supposed to be experiencing bliss. Yeah. Right. I I hear that word. Yeah. And it's, and so, you know, I will say, obviously, there, there's probably people listening saying like, well, I felt bliss or I fell in love with my oh, baby, yeah. you know, the, the second that my baby was born. And, and, it's, and that's certainly possible, you know, right. that's certainly right. possible. So I, I'm not trying to take that away from anybody. Though what I want to say to people, what I say to patients all the time is, look, number one, this is a very stressful experience on the body, yeah. right? Very oh, yeah. stressful experience on the body, you know. What, however, your labor went, right? Maybe it was, um, you know, maybe it was like a natural birth. Maybe you had a vaginal delivery. Maybe you had a C-section. But like, whatever it is, like these are, this is hard on the body. Well, I was just going to say that too because you talk about with Jen Rhodes, Doctor Rhodes, with um, as a reproductive psychiatrist. Yes, you know, and I also think so. One of the this one article was looking at PTSD, which I mm-hmm. think that's also an anxiety diagnosis these days. It's at right? DSM-5, it? I think they I made think so. I know. This is our- <laughs> Producers, where are you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, they don't exist. <laughs> it, it was for a long time considering the anxiety disorder. I would say it is, I, I'm going to say clinically, yes. PTSD is in the anxiety right. disorder. And so like, yeah. if you think about what some people go through from you know conception to birth, there's a lot yes. of trauma that people experience. So to me, it's validating and makes sense of the, that this uh, this article, um, Elena Ali looked at about you know almost 2,500 um, patients, you know mm-hmm. over like 800 articles that she reviewed in this meta analysis, and found that PTSD was also common. And so I think I wanted to bring that up because I think that's also yes. a big piece of the anxiety because your body goes through trauma. And and my my sister in law had um, Irish twins, so she had two. Oh wow! She delivered oh two babies in the same year. Wow. One baby was in January, and the second baby was in December. Wow. And during her second pregnancy, she'd be like, "Oh, I have to go to the orthopedic because my hip hurts." And I'm like, "Sister, you've wow. been pregnant for two years. Right. Like, I, of course, your hip hurts." <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, and and by the way, that's not even including like sometimes there is actual trauma, right? Like that if. You yeah. know, that there's like, 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 an, like an emergency C-section, right? Yes. If the baby's yes. in distress, if mom's in distress, right? Oh my God. I was or, with my best friend when she gave birth to the twins and then they she had a C-section. And then like afterwards, they don't feel their legs for a while because of however, you know, the so, anesthesia. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. That would be great. With, yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, you don't feel your legs. What I, is that? <laughs> I know, It's absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like there's actual trauma. And then I'm even thinking, and then sometimes there's even trauma like with the medical system. Like for example, for, you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's been some articles recently and there's research about, um, you know, uh, black women's experience, uh, you know, with, with maternal care, you know, that, that they're at higher risk for, I think like, I think there's like a higher risk for, um, like, you know, like, I don't know if it's like fetal death or like maternal death as well. I mean, really scary, scary stuff. So there's, there's so much that can happen. Right. And, and the story though, again, around, labor and delivery, right? Is this is like, this is the best day of your life. This right. is beautiful. That fantasy, yeah. The fantasy that it's so beautiful. And so again, I'm not trying to say that you, you're not going to, or can't experience moments of, of love and connection and, sure. and joy, right? It's just, we do a, a real disservice, uh, 
to to new parents, you know, and here obviously we've been talking um, a lot about women specifically. Uh, because they're the ones that give that give birth. Yes. Well, yes, exactly. Yeah, correct. So that's okay correct. for this yes, episode. Just that put is, that yeah. out there. Yeah, okay, fair. So it's fair. So, uh, <laughs> so, so with, you know, with women, when we tell them like, it's going to be this amazing thing so that when, if they have a hard time, even if you don't go through trauma, but it's just really hard or scary, yeah. that then there starts to be you know, a secondary reaction of like, what's wrong with me? That's right. Why, right? What's wrong? There's, there's a questioning of that. And then that starts to feed into, and I see this a lot with, I work a lot. I still do work a lot with new moms where they'll, they'll say, I'm not in love with the baby right Oh my God. Yeah. Right. Do you hear that? I mean, I'll say I'm not, and I'll say to them for a second, I say, I go, guess what? You don't know this little person. (laughs) That's what I say. I say it all the time. I'm like, I'm like, do you, but, but also all, what I'll do is I'll focus on actually the biological aspect. I'll say, well, are you experiencing there's also sometimes is a way I'm assessing for, for postpartum depression. I'll say, are you experiencing like, um, you know, a sense of maybe like protection or like just even going through the motions of like, you can tell, like, I want to take care of or protect this little being. And a lot of times they'll say yes. If they say no, sometimes that can be an indication that there is actually postpartum depression. There's really like even an aversion sometimes can, can happen, which again, that's something a lot of women feel shame about. Right. The shame is a big piece. And I just think from an empathy perspective, like I, if I don't, if I have, I I sleep really well. And if I have one night, like a year that I don't sleep well, I'm miserable. And so like these new moms are like not sleeping. I know. Well, it's like this baby is like up every hour or whatever. Right. So yeah. So then it's like, so there's a story like, well, you should be experiencing bliss. You should be in love with this baby. Um, We can then start to go into like, you should lose the baby weight. Right. Breastfeed. You should breastfeed. That's a big one. That's a big big one. Ooh, do I have that conversation a lot? (laughs) Right. We hear the story, the old like breast is best. Yeah. Right. Um, And that's sort of all, all around. um, And if uh, the baby doesn't latch, the baby don't latch. Yeah. Right. So there's, I have to recommend and I recommend this to patients. There's a great show. I don't know if I've talked to you about it for Pete called Adam ruins everything. Have you heard of it? No. Oh, it's hilarious. It's a, um, Adam Conover is his name. He's a comedian. And and I would say it's really like a CBT show because he's all about myth busting. He loves facts and it's done in this very cute way. And every episode is titled something like, Adam ruins sex. Adam ruins. Uh, Adam ruins uh, college. Whatever. Yeah. And it's really what he's doing. It's, it sounds negative, but the whole point is that he's helping people to like see things as they are. Which at the end, you feel relieved, right? That's right. And so one of the episodes is Adam ruins having a baby. Yeah. Um, and I've given it as homework for a lot of patients. Oh, I want to watch it now. Oh, it's fantastic. He goes through all of these things, like statistics about. Um, uh, you know, fantasies that people have about pregnancy and postpartum and what the actual statistics are. Um, and like, anyway, just there's some, some, some great nuggets in there, but one of them, they talk about breastfeeding and, uh, you know, he'll say, it's like, I think the statistic is something like, you know, it's like 15% of women like can't breastfeed. It's like, what if you don't produce milk? Like, what do you think they did a hundred years ago? That happens too. You think you were a bad person? You know, no, exactly. There was an episode too about that where there's now there's like a market for breast milk, uh, which is an interesting, yes, you know, conversation because we don't know enough about it. And I think most endocrinologists say that that's like it's actually just it's got to be like the baby's mom's milk. Like it's if it's uh someone else's, it's not. That's my yeah, yeah. But I I think it will be helpful for people just to hear. 
because I think if I talk, I know we're not going to go into like the differential diagnoses between, but I think just to listen to some of the symptoms, Mm -hmm. because the other truth is, as we talk about six to 27%, that's for those that report and actually seek treatment. And you and I both know that the numbers are likely higher. Because if I think of just as an overall sad mood, a loss of interest, uh, you know, decreased fatigue or loss of energy, changes in your appetite, changes in sleep issues. I mean, these Mm -hmm. are all things that are going to occur Correct. After you have a baby, no matter Correct. what, you know, guilt, shame, like yes. you talked about. Yes. Well, so I think I'll, I guess I'll throw in some sort of like non-diagnostic uh, indicators that yeah. you know somebody might look for as, as in addition to some di- uh, diagnostic ones. I would say if somebody's really not feeling like themselves, I know that yeah. sounds very general, um, but I, and and look, <laughs> to be clear. You, having a new baby, like everything's upside down. So it's not like you're going to feel settled yet. Right. Like you're going to kind of, you know, especially like the first month after it's sort of like, (laughs) what's up? Where am I? I? (laughs) Right. So when I say like not feeling like yourself, it's like feeling very disconnected from yourself, very disconnected from, from the baby feeling very disconnected. Um, you know, uh, from your partner. Right. Um, so I think that's a really important one to, uh, to be aware of. Um, if, if anyone's experiencing extremely intense anxiety, so not just like I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm feeling little anxious in my body. Like my test chest is a little tight, you know, it's like you're feeling panic, you know, yeah. it's like a sense of, like a loss of control. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe like intense physiological symptoms, like, you know, you're, there's an elephant sitting on your chest, right. Or like, you know, constant nausea, extreme, like extremely intense heart rate, um, extreme obsessive thoughts. Right. So, you know, everybody's going to do checking. Is the baby breathing? Right. That's everyone does that. Right. But if you cannot get yourself to sleep, right. If you're like, you know, they always say a lot of times, like when baby naps, mom, mom and dad snap, you know, if, if you can't find yourself being able to do that because you're so terrified that something's going to happen, it's like, or you're cleaning too much or things like that. Let, you know, you gotta nap when baby naps. Yeah. Yeah, So I'd like that you said the ADAA just for our listeners, the anxiety and depression association of America. I will say though, don't be looking too much stuff up. I think so for me, like a critical intervention is going to be like, do things that feel good. So invite like um, a family member over who might be able to give you a little bit of a break, maybe Mm -hmm. go get your nails done, maybe get a massage, maybe buy like a, you know, put hot water in your bathtub and just sit there for a couple minutes Mm -hmm. on your, you know, do some things so that you can really just care for yourself. Try not to look up too much stuff until you get into like a place where maybe it feels desperate, you know, but I would say just get away from the Google. How many times? Oh my, absolutely. Well, and you know, and it's, again, I I know I keep coming back to this, but actually I was just feeling sad when you were saying the part about like recommending self-care because that's what I always see people say like, but I can't, but it and that goes back to the fantasy of like, being a good mom means I have no identity, right? Yeah. Like my identity is the baby. My baby is everything. And it's like, you know, this, I would say like, it's being a parent is additive in your life, yeah. right? It's not about like replacing who you are. Well, and I had a client, I had a dad recently say that in session where he mm-hmm. was like, I realized that I'm not going to stop growing after baby gets here. Cause he <laughs> feels like unsure of whether or not he's ready to be a dad. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. it's too late. It's coming. Um, right. And you're not going to stop growing once the baby's That's right. here. No, you're not. Yeah. And I but love the- you. So I love that you said that too, because I think with my sister-in-law, for example, for like some of the baby's 
first birthdays, uh, I also got her a present, which was like a spa package. Because I felt like, frankly, that's that's where it should be. Like, go take a day away from your child. Like that. I think that fantasy is like I'm supposed to want to be there all the time. Correct. Well, and and social media exacerbates that, right? Everybody, the birth and like the you know the gender reveal, the birth announcements, all of these things. And and again, if if any listeners out there are are engaging that, I I don't say that as as a judgment that that's something bad. It's more just I, I want there to be an increased awareness around that this contributes to this broader story about you know these early the early period of of uh, a new parent's life and the new baby's life as yeah. it's it should be blissful and it's like it's hard and you know Pete yeah. and I talk about all the time like that you know we said in a previous episode uh, I can't remember which one actually but like <laughs> I was in a joke like <laughs> that it's like a secret of the universe though it's not really a secret of the universe that yeah. actually in order to connect with these more pleasant emotions like joy and love and and connection itself we actually first have to be willing to come into contact with what we don't want and what's uncomfortable and what where how that applies with this is knowing that having a new baby is hard Right. Yeah. And there might be times when, when you're struggling more than you thought that you would be. And I'm so glad you shared your expertise. And I think it was, you know, the, the people that you were able to work with and with Dr. Rhodes, I think are so lucky to be able to have you. And I think, you know, these, these are really critical periods of their time. Uh, and so, you know, I think you, you've really shed some light on that. So I wonder if we can have some just parting words. What do you think about yeah. this idea of how postpartum anxiety or postpartum struggles are, are natural? I think just with that, just I, I, I want people to just really remember that it is not only okay to struggle postpartum, that's what's normative, not the fantasy. This has been When East Meets West. I'm Dr. Nikki Rubin. And I'm Dr. Pete Economo. Be present, be brave. This has been When East Meets West. All material is based on opinion and educational training of Drs. Pete Economo and Nikki Rubin. Content is for informational and educational purposes only.